It's a common and sobering question. Is there life after death? Of course there is. For the born again, the answer is better framed as life after life. There is a moment on the highway of life, a highway God said man said has dubbed Route 7 North Obedience, where an amazing transformation takes place, the transformation from mortality to immortality. Proverbs 4.18, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. On life's highway, there is a point of transition unto the perfect day, where the light of life is maximized to the full. That place is where the born again see Jesus Christ face to face and then refract his marvelous glory for all eternity. First John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This transaction takes place in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one through 53 Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. When the born again reach the assigned mile marker, they run out of earthly road. Here their eternity begins. The streets of the wondrous city of God that the born-again tread upon are made out of pure gold. The magnificent, unmatchable promise called the blessed hope is ours. Many think that and hope that death is the end of life, the end of consciousness and accountability, but rarely could anything be further from the truth. On the other side of this life's trial is eternity. For the blood-bought there is eternal life in God's new heaven and new earth, where there are no tears, nor death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor will anything cause pain. Revelations 21. For the unredeemed it is eternal cognizant death. It is not oblivion. It is eternity filled with pain, suffering, and darkness. The decision we have made or will make today dictates our destiny. Have you been born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God? If not, in just a moment, you can make the decision that will dwarf all decisions you have ever made. Today all your sins and its shame will be washed away. You will be clean. Today all of Satan's bondages will be broken no matter how formidable they appear you will be free. Today, you will become a new creature. Your life will begin anew. Follow me in this simple prompt, and darkness will be transformed into light. Today, this moment, is your opportunity to begin the most amazing journey a man can know. Here comes the prompt. Are you ready? Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, 
and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God said, Genesis two nineteen and 20, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. God said, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 8 through 12, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Man said, R.T. Halverson, editor of the Harvard Crimson, is quoted by evolutionists say the oddest things. Intellectual honesty requires rationally examining our fundamental premises, yet expressing hesitation about Darwin is considered irretrievable intellectual suicide, the unthinkable doubt, the unpardonable sin of academia. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1028, that will for the 1028th time certify the supernatural inerrancy of God's holy Bible. All of these powerful, faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the children of faith and as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Take advantage of five highly beneficial features on God Said, Man Said. Number one, subscribe to the free God Said, Man Said podcast from your electronic device and receive a new feature each week. Two, sign up for the God Said, Man Said weekly broadcast and fresh bread will be emailed to you, God willing, every Thursday eve. You may also download nearly 417 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device directly from the website. Listen to one every day. Three, follow God Said, Man Said on Facebook and Instagram and give your social media feed the fresh bread it needs. Four, you have questions? God has answers. Type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number five, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It is so quick and easy. Thank you for coming. May God's glorious face shine upon you with light and truth. The spirit that will prevail just before the return of the Lord Jesus for his church will be the darkest the world has ever known, but similar to as it was in the days of Noah. As hard as it is to imagine, the darkness will deepen, even unto the very battle of Armageddon, a darkness you can feel. 
Because man has refused to retain God in his knowledge, God has turned him over to a reprobate, worthless mind. Do these verses reflect the world you see? Romans 1, 18-32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise." they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man into birds and four-footed beast and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause... God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them to do them. Times are very dark. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 speaks of the spirit that will prevail at the end of time and refers to something called the deceivableness of unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is basically unbelief and its result in deeds. 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The last day's spirit of strong delusion has surely arrived, and is fully on display and what the unbelievers believe and do. Example, they believe there was a big bang, and out of the nothingness and from the nothingness sprang the earth, its universe, and all its life forms. 
Your cousin is now a mushroom. It was previously a banana. The dinosaur is still among us, but has evolved into a hummingbird. The water buffalo hung around the water too much, which is why he evolved into a whale. And how about the things they do? Unbelievers are killing living children in the safety of their mother's womb, glorifying fornication, promoting the LGBTQ, ABC, and Roman numerals too, declaring that marriage is not just a human between a man and a woman, that the same-sex marriages are noble. Some are even willing to go so far as to marry their pets. Legalizing and normalizing alcohol and marijuana with more vices to come. The spirit of strong delusion has arrived. Surely the last days are here. God speaks harsh words of judgment to Israel in Amos 4.12 where it is written, Prepare to meet thy God. We've been made to interface with our Creator from the very beginning. In Genesis 2-7, God breathes the breath of life into Adam's nostrils, and he becomes a living soul. We've been made to interface with our Creator from the very beginning. Genesis 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Between your ears is the most underdeveloped resource in the universe. Man has been created in the image and likeness of God. Imagine God-like brain capabilities between your ears. Neurologists have discovered that a single human brain has more information processing units than all the computers, routers, and Internet connections on the earth. Pseudoscience's claim of slime to man, it just doesn't compute. We've been made to interface with our Creator from the very beginning. Adam was not a grunting caveman. He was a genius in every regard. Adam was made a mature, full-grown male, downloaded with all the information and skills to function successfully, no different than the fruit trees of the garden, fully grown, mature trees with fruit upon their branches. Adam's first assignment after he opened his eyes was to give names to all of God's creatures, Genesis two nineteen and 20. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. Adam gave very sophisticated names with each syllable highlighting the creature's attributes. He named the chicken, the cow, the lamb, the horse, and the butterfly. He named the elephant, rhinoceros, hippopotamus, and giraffe. Adam gave names to all of God's creations. He possessed godlike capabilities between his ears and demonstrated very sophisticated speech and analytic skills from minute one. So why should anyone think that Adam couldn't write? Can you imagine that ancient history weighs in on this matter? The famed historian Flavius Josephus reports on the matter of writing in regard to Seth, Adam's son, in his historic book, The Antiquities of the Jews, written nearly 2,000 years ago. Several excerpts follow. Now Adam, who was the first man and made out of the earth, for our discourse must now be about him, 
after Abel was slain and Cain fled away on account of his murder, was solicitous for posterity and had a vehement desire of children, he being 230 years old, after which time he lived other 700 and then died. He had indeed many other children, but Seth in particular. As for the rest, it would be tedious to name them. I will therefore only endeavor to give an account of those that proceeded from Seth. Now this Seth, when he was brought up and came to the, uh, those years in which he could discern what was good, became a virtuous man. And as he was himself of an excellent character, so did he leave children behind him who imitated his virtues. All these proved to be of good dispositions. They also inhabited the same country without dissensions and in a happy condition without any misfortunes falling upon them until they died. They also were the inventors of that peculiar sort of wisdom which is concerned with the heavenly bodies and their order, and that their inventions might not be lost before they were sufficiently known upon Adam's prediction that the world was to be destroyed at one time by the force of fire and at another time by the violence and quantity of water, they made two pillars, the one of brick, the other of stone. They inscribed their discoveries on them both, that in case the pillar of brick should be destroyed by the flood, the pillar of stone might remain and exhibit those discoveries to mankind, and also inform them that there was another pillar of brick erected by them. Now this remains in the land of Syriad to this day, end of quote. We've been made to interface with our Creator from the very beginning. The human brain is wired for God. From the God said, man said feature, atheists do not exist. Man is genetically hardwired for faith. It come the following excerpts. The headline from the July 19, 2014 feature published on WNND.com reads, Scientists, atheists might not exist. The subhead reads, Metaphysical outlook may be so deeply ingrained in human thought processes, it cannot be expunged. A few paragraphs follow. But now a Hong Kong-based science writer has posted an article on the Science 20 blog under the headline, Scientists Discover that atheists might not exist, and that's not a joke. Writer Nori Watachi, who explains he is based at a creativity research lab there and is fascinated by metaphysics and their theories of the universe, said he has written a lot of books, has been published by Scholastic, and once was shortlisted for a prize for a children's book on relativity. On the Science 20 site, which was set up to modernize science communication, publishing, collaboration, and public participation, he posts articles that are not filtered for size and there are no political or cultural agendas. Patachi writes provocatively that God, if he is around, may be amused to find that atheists might not exist. He cites several reasons for his suggestion, including the scientists are becoming more and more aware that a metaphysical outlook may be so deeply ingrained in human thought processes that it cannot be expunged. He suggests something that would be concerning to atheists, that what you actually believe is not a decision you make for yourself. Your fundamental beliefs are decided by much deeper levels of consciousness, and some may well be more or less set in stone, he said. He quotes Graham Lawton in The New Scientist, who wrote, Atheism is uh, psychologically impossible because of the way humans think. They point to studies showing, for example, that even people who claim to be committed atheists tacitly hold religious beliefs, such as the existence of an immortal soul. 
And Vitachi quotes Pascal Boyer from Nature, saying, A slew of cognitive traits predisposes us to faith. End of quote. We've been made to interface with our Creator from the very beginning. Every man has been dealt a measure of faith. Romans 12, verse 3, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. The following paragraphs are from the God said, man said feature, the measure of faith. Could it be possible that science is beginning to catch a glimpse of God's creative plan? Is it possible that God, in the original design of man, hardwired him to function spiritually via faith, or, as the Word of God records, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith? All believers understand, at one level or another, that faith is the only currency in the kingdom of God. Beginning with the initial salvation all the way to eternal life, excuse me, faith is required. Nothing good in the kingdom of God can be obtained without faith. For years, academic unbelievers claimed that man created God and not the other way around. Their position was that faith in any God was a social construct used to answer the hard questions of what lies beyond life, and that the IQ challenged find the concept of God rewarding. The headline of the October 25, 2004 issue of Time magazine reads, The God Gene, and the subhead reads, Does our DNA compel us to seek a higher power? Believe it or not, some scientists say yes. End of quote. Jeffrey Kluger authored the article in Time magazine titled, Is God in Our Genes? This is one excerpt. Even among people who regard spiritual life as wishful hocus-pocus, there is a growing sense that humans may not be able to survive without it. Kluger continues, Nowhere has that idea received a more intriguing going over than in the recently published book, The God Gene, How Faith is Hardwired into Our Genes, by molecular biologist Dean Hamer. Chief of Gene Structure at the National Cancer Institute, Hamer not only claims that human spirituality is an adaptive trait, but he also says he has located one of the genes responsible, a gene that just happens to also code for production of the neurotransmitters that regulate our moods, end of quote. Again, Kluger writes, Those religious believers who are comfortable with the idea that God genes are the work of God should have little, little trouble making the next leap, that not only are the genes there, but they are central to our survival, one of the hinges upon which the very evolution of the human species turned. It's an argument that's not terribly hard to make. For one thing, God is a concept that appears in human cultures all over the globe, regardless of how geographically isolated they are. When tribes living in remote areas come up with a concept of God as readily as nations living shoulder to shoulder, it's a fairly strong indication that the idea is preloaded in the genome rather than picked up on the fly. If that's the case, it's an equally strong indication that there are very good reasons it's there. End of quote. Michael Persinger, professor of behavioral neuroscience at Laurentian University in Sudbury, Ontario, had this to say on the subject. Anticipation of our demise is the price we pay for a highly developed frontal lobe. 
In many ways, a God experience is a brilliant adaptation. It's a built-in pacifier, end of quote. God created man with the ability to communicate and function in the realm of faith. It's man's choice whether he'll participate. Thousands of years before man begins to understand the reasons why, God declares it in his word. This is proof that God is. Seek him while he may be found. End of quotes. All things seen and unseen are created out of God's words. He spoke all into existence. Our very DNA has a four-letter alphabet that dispatches building instructions in letters, words, sentences, paragraphs, chapters, and books. Science was shocked when they began to understand that from the start of life, a building language was on board. We've been made to interface with our Creator from the very beginning. Keep in mind John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Keep in mind Revelation 19.13, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Keep in mind Revelation 1.8, which says of the Lord that he is the Alpha and the Omega, which are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet and every word that alphabet constructs. The headline in the October 22, 2020 feature of Science Daily reads, Humans are born with brains pre-wired to see words. Excerpts follow. Humans are born with a part of the brain that is pre-wired to be receptive to seeing words and letters, setting the stage at birth for people to learn how to read, a new study suggests. Analyzing brain scans of newborns, researchers found that this part of the brain, called the visual word form area, VWFA, is connected to the language network of the brain. That makes it fertile ground to develop a sensitivity to visual words even before any exposure to language, said Zeynep Sajan, senior author of the study and assistant professor of psychology at The Ohio State University. The VWFA is specialized for reading only in literate individuals. Some researchers hypothesized that the pre-reading VWFA starts out being no different than other parts of the visual cortex that are sensitive to seeing faces, scenes, or other objects, and only becomes selective to words and letters as children learn to read, or at least as they learn language. We found that isn't true. Even at birth, the VFWA is more con uh, connected functionally to the language network of the brain than it is to other areas, Sajin said. It is an incredibly exciting finding. Sajin, who is a core faculty member of Ohio State's Chronic Brain Injury Program, conducted the study with graduate students Jin Lee and Heather Hansen and assistant professor David Osher, all in psychology at Ohio State. Their results were published today in the journal Scientific Reports. The researchers analyzed MRI scans of the brains of 40 newborns, all less than a week old, who were part of the Developing Human Connectome Project. They compared these to similar scenes from 40 adults who participated in a separate human connectome project. The VWFA is next to another part of visual cortex that processes faces, and it was reasonable to believe that there wasn't any difference in these parts of the brain in newborn sages said. As visual objects, faces have some of the same properties as words do, such as needing high special resolution for humans to see them correctly. But the researchers found that even in newborns, 
The VWFA was different from the part of the visual cortex that recognizes phases, primarily because of its functional connection to the language processing part of the brain. The VWFA is specialized to see words even before we're exposed to them, Sajin said. End of quote. We were created to interface with God's words. From the mother's womb, we were programmed to communicate with the God of words. How did that evolve, by the way? We were created to interface with our Creator, who is the living Word from the very beginning. And as we yield our members to this understanding, we will experience life and life more abundantly, even eternally. Seek the interface. God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God said, Genesis two nineteen and 20, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. God said, Second Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned to believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Man said, R.T. Halverson, editor of the Harvard Crimson, as quoted by evolutionists, say the oddest things, intellectual honesty requires rationally examining our fundamental premises, yet expressing hesitation about Darwin is considered irretrievable intellectual suicide, the unthinkable doubt, the unpardonable sin of academia. Now you have the record.